Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity to preach God's word today. Starting from the end of July, I will be embarking on full-time studies at TDC, and I'm looking forward to my time there. Over the past three years as a PTM, I have learned a lot from serving together with all of you. I'm thankful for all of your support, and I'm very grateful for that. Today's sermon title is, What Must Are You Wearing? Let's go to, to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, may we be attentive to hear your word and to be obedient to your word. Give us an awesome sense of your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over the past few months during this COVID crisis, we have heard many encouraging things that are happening in church. Most of you are connecting to cell groups online and are encouraging and supporting one another. We have also heard about how attendance in cell group have also increased. Most of you are also taking your word with God more seriously, spending more time to read His word. However, what has COVID crisis revealed to you about your sinful habits? Are we dealing with some of our heart issues? Do we have superficial repentance? Will we still follow God after this COVID crisis? We need to dig into this root issue and not just rely solely on external spiritual disciplines. An example comes from 2 Kings chapter 23. Josiah, king of Judah, turned to the Lord and he did a nationwide reform. Yet after his death, the Bible says that the wrath of the Lord was kindled against Judah. Why was that so? Though the people of Judah obeyed the laws during Josiah's reforms, it was only on the outside. Their hearts were not transformed. It is easy to put on a mask and to pretend to follow on the outside. But we need to be transformed from the inside out. Towards the end of last year, I was suffering from this butt pain problem and it will usually last a few days after a vigorous exercise. Whenever I sit up or walk, there will always be this painful sensation that goes down my leg. I was really a pain in my butt. Because it was so painful, I wanted a quick fix, so I took painkillers. But it just keeps coming back. The painkillers treated the symptoms, but not the root cause. And to cut the long story short, at an advice from a physiotherapist, I do butt stretching exercises after I wake up and before I sleep. And as a result, I rarely face this butt problem anymore. Painkillers mask my symptoms, but they do not treat the root cause. Likewise, in our spiritual life, we give the same spiritual prescription for our walk with God, like doing your quiet time, attending cell group. However, this is not sufficient. Do we know what our root issues are? We need to gain self-awareness of our inner life. To be transformed, we need to start from the inside and then moving out. 
today's scripture verse comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. To give a brief context, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, the people of Israel wanted the prophet Samuel to appoint a king to rule over them. They rejected God from being king over them. They wanted a king that they can see with their own eyes. They desire to be like the other nations instead of being set apart as God's holy nation. And as a result, Saul was chosen and he was taller than anybody else. He was very visible. Likewise, do we put our desire in things that we can see? Our achievements, our possessions, what people think of us. While Saul started off well, the cracks reveal, and as a result, he disobeyed God several times. And in chapter 15, God rejected Saul as king. And in chapter 16, God sent Samuel uh, to Jesse of Bethlehem to appoint a new king, for God has chosen one of Jesse's sons. When they arrived, they thought that God has chosen Elab because he's the eldest son and probably the tallest as well. He is the obvious people's choice. But God says, no. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Jesse probably arranged his son in the line according to their height. And as they went down the line, God rejects them all. But there remain yet the youngest who is not there. He is not the popular choice and he is probably short as well. Can't really see him. How could a young shepherd be a king? But God chose David for God sees the heart. The people were looking at the height of Saul and Elab. However, God is looking for those with a humble heart and God sees their heart in David. Do we look at the visible, like our possession, our achievement, or our fame to be our king? Or will we humble ourselves and take a journey into our inner life and submit to God's rule? That's the journey that I would like to take us today. Let me start by telling you an account of a pastor. I was an angry man. The problem was that I didn't know that I was an angry man. When my wife confronted me with my anger at home, I would often remind her of what a great husband I am. And moreover, I'm very gracious and patient to my church members. In my mind, perhaps she's just a discontented wife who needed more of my prayers. On one occasion, as she was confronting me with my anger issues, Again, I say these deeply humbling words. 95% of the women in our church would love to be married to a man like me. How's that for humility? And do you want to guess how the wife responded? 
she very quickly informed me that she was in the 5%. This story comes from Paul David Tripp's book, Dangerous Calling, where he points us to the gospel of grace to break free from this disconnect. In this story, the pastor wore a mask, a gracious and patient pastor to his church members. But beneath the mask, he had serious anger issues. Is this a unique story? I think most of us struggle with this disconnect to varying degrees. We wear a mask outside, portraying a very positive image of ourselves. We are very good in convincing ourselves that we are doing okay. We are also very quick to justify and defend ourselves. And eventually, we become so used to our masks that we wear that we don't know that we have a problem in our inner life. What is your mask? Going back to our Bible passage, let's look at an example of someone who wore a mask. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, the prophet Samuel told Saul that God wants him to attack the Amalek and devote everything to destruction. Everything. Saul does defeat the Amalekites and he even told Samuel that he performed the commandment of the Lord. Sounds too good to be true? In verse 14, Samuel replied, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Basically, why am I hearing animal sounds when you are supposed to destroy everything? Saul was not repentant and he tried to push the blame to the people and he tried to justify his disobedience by saying that he kept the best sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord. Saul was self-deceived. After Samuel pronounces God's judgment on Saul, it seems like Saul was owning his sin and was truly repentant. In verse 24, he says that, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I fear the people and obey their voice. However, from the passage, it seems like Saul was not truly repentant. His problem was that he exalted himself above God. His insecurities led him to seek the approval of men. In verse 30, he says, I have sinned, yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may bow before the Lord your God. He speaks the politically correct answer in order to get himself out of trouble. But deep down in his inner life, he is more worried about his status and how people view him instead of God. And much earlier on, in verse 12, before Samuel met Saul, Saul set up a monument for himself after the victory. On the outside, he wore a mask, pretending to be obedient to God. But beneath the mask was insecurities. He did not want to lose his title of kingship. He loved the praises of men and not the approval of God. Are we 
like Saul as well? On the outside, do we take part in Christian activities to gain the approval of men? Do we wear a mask to assure ourselves and others that we are doing okay? But deep down in our hearts, we have not been transformed. What are some Christian activities that we hide behind to assure ourselves and others that our walk with God is okay? Firstly, we measure our spiritual maturity by the amount of Bible knowledge that we accumulate. If I know more, I'm a more mature Christian. We feel that we're doing good as long as I attend Bible study classes or I'm joining cell groups. Do you realize when someone asks you how your walk with God is, most of the time people will say, yes, I'm doing my quiet time, I'm going for Bible study classes, joining cell groups to say that I'm doing okay. While it's important to grow your knowledge of the Word of God, this is a narrow understanding of spiritual maturity. The question we should ask ourselves is, how is the Word of God transforming my hearts? Am I obeying the will of God? And to clarify, it is important that we read the Word of God daily and regularly, but don't hide behind your knowledge. We measure our spiritual maturity by our ministry experience or success. We assume that as long as we are serving actively or if our ministry is growing, we are doing well. My ministry is growing in numbers. God must be pleased with me. As Paul David Tripp says, the success of a ministry is always more a picture of who God is than a statement about who the people are that he's using for his purpose. It is God's grace that builds his church ultimately and not us. The success God is looking for is faithfulness and not numbers. And to clarify again, I'm thankful that you are serving in church and I want to encourage all of us to continue to serve actively in church. But do not use serving as your sole benchmark for spiritual maturity. Don't hide behind numbers anymore. We need to go deeper and ask, has our hearts been transformed? So my first point is, is to encourage us to take off our masks. Do not hide behind Christian activities. Why is it important to take off our masks? We are like an iceberg. The tip of the iceberg represents the visible behaviors. The masks that we put on, like our achievements, our status and possessions. The 90% that is below represent our foundation, our inner life, our character. However, though our external is only 10%, we often tend to channel our time and energy to ensuring that our externals are doing okay. We spend a lot of efforts into our mass, though it's only 10%. But what is beneath our mass forms the 90%, and our primary focus should be on the inner life that forms the foundation for our life. We need to develop true inner security. A quote that I remind myself from Edmund Chan, nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. What are some of our 
insecurities, what is beneath our mask? Are we able to rejoice in other people's success? Or do we tend to compare? Our drive for excellence or success might be a mask for our insecurities. We feel that we have to prove ourselves that we are worthy. As you may have observed, most of the struggles in our inner life will tend to be masked by good behaviours or good activities on the outside. It is our way of protecting ourselves and we try to find ways to avoid dealing with it. And because of our mask, we won't repent before the Lord and this hinders our walk with God. We need to take off our mask and take the journey to our inner life. How can we take off our mask, you may ask, by first knowing what we are masking? We need to develop self-awareness of our inner life, the 90%. Augustine wrote in Confessions, How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? He prayed, Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know Thee. We need to remove our mask to know our true self so that we can know God. We think that we are self-aware, but most of us are not. We are actually self-conscious. We are more concerned about how others view us than actually dealing with our own emotions. And to clarify, knowing our true self does not mean that you can do anything that you like. It is not tapping into some power of the self. But self-awareness is the first step to change. How can you change something that you are not aware of? We need to present them to God for change. To develop self-awareness is to ask myself why questions. Why am I so driven? Why do I avoid conflicts? Why do I feel resentful towards this person? And the list goes on. And to ask why questions sometimes also involve asking ourselves how we feel. There's this subtle message that feelings are wrong and that we need to deny our feelings. On the other extreme, there's another message where we just need to follow our heart, do what we feel. Both are wrong and I hope the following quotations might help us understand better. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. My feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings do not define truth. God's word defines truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. When that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to justify my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perceptions of your truth and transform my feelings so that they are in sync with the truth. We do not blindly follow our emotions, but our emotions are a gauge of what is happening inside of us. As described in the four gospel books, Jesus himself experienced intense emotions. In the book of Psalms, he also expresses the full range of human emotions, and hence many of us 
can relate to the emotions described in the book. Hence, it's important to allow ourselves to feel, but to bring our emotions before the Lord. How do we listen to our emotions? One way is to journal down our emotions during our quiet time or reflection time as you sit at the Lord's feet. We need to set aside time away from our busyness in order to listen. At the beginning, it might be difficult because we are too used to answering questions about what I think instead of what I feel. Allow yourself to feel the full range of your emotions before the Lord. And sometimes, our physical body response might be giving us a glimpse of how we are feeling. Heart beating faster, sweaty palms, headache. And as you do this consistently, you will get better at recognizing your emotions. It is only when we learn to enter into our own emotions that we can enter into someone else's emotions and to minister to them. So my second point is that we need we can take off our mask by growing self-awareness of our inner life. Why does it seem difficult to take off our mask and face our inner life? The longest journey of any person is the journey inward. It is easier to control things that are on the outside, but it's hard to control our inner life because we have to face ugly things about ourselves that we don't want to know. That's why we tend to keep ourselves busy so that we can avoid dealing with our mess. And while taking the journey inward may be challenging, we can do it with God's grace. It takes courage to look into our inner life. As we take off our mask, we might feel naked and vulnerable. We might feel ashamed of what we find inside of us, and this might even lead to despair. Let's look at how David responded when he took off his mask. Most of us are familiar with David's adultery with Bathsheba and how he covered it up. When Nathan the prophet pointed out his sin, David repented. Unlike Saul who gave excuses, David did not give excuses for his sin or try to justify himself. David is a man after God's heart because he recognizes his sin and he acknowledges it. He is truly repentant. Psalm 51 gives us a glimpse of his inner life and how he felt about his sin. He is able to see the ugliness of his sin and to weep over it. He has self-awareness of the depth of his sin, and instead of despair, he looked to God to cleanse him from his sin and to create in him a pure heart. Just like David, we too are sinners as well. We will probably feel ashamed of what we find inside of us. We might feel fearful and despair. We cannot change. But because of Jesus' death and the resurrection, we are forgiven and loved. We can choose to bring the ugliness of our sin before the Lord. And He will give us the Holy Spirit empowerment to overcome our struggles and to experience transformation. And as we take off our mask, we preach the gospel to ourselves 
reminding ourselves of what Christ has done for us. We do not have to hide. We can take off our mask. My third point is, by preaching the gospel to ourselves, we gain courage to take off our mask and experience transformation. In conclusion, this COVID crisis has been a wake-up call for our spiritual life. Most of us are taking our work of God more seriously and reading the Word of God more regularly. However, are we dealing with some of our heart or root issues? Do we have superficial repentance? Will we still follow God after this COVID crisis is over? Most of us wear a mask to cover our insecurities. We need to dig deeper into our inner life and instead of hiding behind Christian activities, take off your mask. Do not hide behind Christian activities. How do we take off our mask? We need to develop self-awareness of what's happening inside of us by taking time alone before the Lord to journal and reflect. Ask yourself more why questions to dig into your motivations. Ask yourself, what am I feeling and why do I feel this way? Self-awareness is the first step to change. We take off our mask by growing self-awareness of our inner life. And as we take off our mask, we might feel naked and vulnerable. But take courage. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can bring our mask before the Lord and His grace will empower us to experience transformation. By preaching the gospel to ourselves, we gain courage to take off our mask and experience transformation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, grant us the courage to take off our mask and to bring them before you. May the Holy Spirit transformation transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.